In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hey everybody, welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. And I'm Allison. This is a podcast where you ruin a horror movie just for you. Allison, how you doing? Uh, Anything horrifying happening to you? I mean... Uh, yes, I, w- one small one. Uh, Riz keeps blowing up my bathroom. <laughs> is his litter box? I was like, is litter box in there? The He's just using the toilet. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, if I had him toilet trained, you'd never see me again because I'd be <laughs> dead from happiness that I don't have to deal with the litter box. Um, I'm like, I know what you eat. Like, how is it sometimes this fucking rank? <laughs> but I love him so much. So I remember um, a good friend of my good friends, their cat, Miley, whenever we'd come over their apartment in New York, Miley would take a revenge shit. So as soon as people walked in, it would go and just t- blow up. Yeah. You know, it's a small apartment. It, and I, part of me admires that about him, that he had, Abs- he knew to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just a small scale horror. But, you know, the larger one is obviously the Writers Guild of America is on strike. I've been picketing all week. How's it is it the going? longest Tell I've been standing it. up in three years, I, I think. Mean, my <laughs> God. Good for the abs, though. Good for the core. Yeah, I know. I got so many steps in. I was like, I guess I could eat a whole pizza when I finish today. Um, but it has been like both inspiring and horrific, and I'm sure lots of people are seeing all of the news and the statements that are coming out of the studio heads and what kind of a bleak existence this is like. And it's just a, a, a small microcosm of what is happening in every single industry across this stupid yeah. ass country and planet because we are slaves to Wall Street um, and shareholders, and there is no fucking getting around it. They just want profits. They don't care about fair wages. They don't care about, like, long-term, like, viability for any career. Like, turn everything into an automated system that then somebody is a gig economy worker. It's just, it's really dark and really bad. And um, please come support. Like, you don't have to be in the guild to come support the strike and try and block trucks and do all the things that will shut down production and speed this up so we can get back to making television and movies. Yeah, we're recording this on Friday, May 5th. Um, yes. I imagine you'll still be striking when this comes out. Yeah, uh, I hope I you're not, but let's be realistic Through the here. summer. So um, Yeah, and I was thinking that too, I should go out um, and protest. Yeah. Do, are you doing it on the weekends too or just sort of during the week? They've only given us times during the week because okay. it's mostly to disrupt uh, the assholes mm-hmm. at uh, the offices and then to try and like halt production on things and get people to walk out or like, you know, and the Teamsters and the other uh, unions have been so cool and like supportive and like either not crossing picket lines or being like, oh, I'm on a smoke break for two and a half hours kind of thing. So we're really, it's been like really wonderful to see all of that. But then when you think about why it's happening, you're like, oh, it's like the darkest economic timeline I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I think there's a lot of different um, uh, elements to what the writers are asking for. But I definitely think for me, as someone who writes for a living Mm -hmm. as well, there is um, a, the terror of seeing the studios basically saying, 
no, we will not agree not to use AI or chat GPT to create scripts. And knowing that that's coming for anyone who writes uh, creatively or news-wise, really any copywriters, anyone who writes, is this idea that we've created this technology. And there's this um, New York Times article, actually, that came out this week uh, called The The Godfather of AI Leaves Google and Warns of Danger Ahead. It's Jeffrey Hinton. And I'm sorry, so it's like, in ha- for half a century, Jeffrey Hinton nurtured the technology at the heart of chatbots like chat GPT. Now he worries it will cause serious harm. Now he worries? Right. Now he worries. Like, bro, Bitch. I, I, is it the same? There was a there was an article in Time, like, two or three weeks ago that was about AI, and it was, for, I think it's the same guy. I think he's, like, trying to make the rounds, like, talking about the the future that's awaiting us with AI and kind of the dangers that it's bringing. But it was like one of the most harrowing articles I've read. I'll have to find it. Um, but it was like the guy being like, this is a mistake. It is going to kill us all. Well, like, I appreciate that. But it's like, then why did you make why it? Why did you do it? We didn't make it. That was you. No, and No and, one asked for it. I did it. I certainly did not. No, I wouldn't even know to ask for it. Wouldn't even I know don't even like doing self-checkout. Like, I don't, we need I to, like. I hate self-checkout. It's the worst. Because someone always has to come over and help you because it's constantly breaking. Yeah, I feel like a fucking idiot. This is, of course, the lie of capitalism. Is yes. that, like, oh, well, the market will create, like, things will be better because there'll be, like, competition. No, there won't. We can't no. develop our own chat, GBT. What kind yeah. of, what are you talking about? It's just invented to replace workers. What do you mean competition? It's the same with like the studios where like that was sort of the promise of streaming. Like, oh, there'll be all sorts of different things. No, there won't. I don't no, know how to launch a streaming platform. I don't no. have a camera. No, I don't want to either. That's not what I do. <laughs> it's just, it's it just sort of like we talk about these and then to have them come out, it's like, it is like coming out to like warn everyone about the shark and jaws like a month later. Yes. It's like, yes. Bitch, yes. it's May 2023. It's already been out. Even as it's people too who are late we're to not warn even most, us and stop it. Yeah, we're so. not even tech savvy people, which you know. We already know the problems. Now you come out after spending decades. And there was a quote, a pull quote from it that really made me puke where he's like, well, I could, oh, here we go. I console myself with the normal excuse. If I hadn't done it, somebody else would have. What kind of consolation is that, Jeffrey? What also, are you like, talking that's about? That's a bad way to assume. Like, that's a bad way to go through life. It's like, well, I did it, but somebody was going to either way. So you can't blame me. It's just how things were. Go- it's like, no, not necessarily. Honey, not honey, necessarily. That is also, that's the new, I was just following orders. Like, it's yes. like, well, someone else is going to do it. Right. Well, it didn't mean you had to do it, did it? It didn't mean you had to. And that's, of course, you know, we're, we're both on our own political journey, as you are, is like, we all do have to take personal responsibility. It is the system, but, like, you don't have to spend your career developing it. Yeah. You maniacs. Um, also, but I would say if, if if anyone knows a scientist, or if you are, I don't know why, if you're a scientist or engineer listening to this and you've spent your career developing deep fake or developing Ugh. AI to be used for workers, just so you know, you've wasted your whole life. Yeah. You've you done really nothing did. of value. Nothing. Climate All change you did still was happened. ruin shit. You ruined the economy. You ruined art. Like, it's like people yes. need art to live. And that's sort of the, listen, there's there's a reason that a lot of TV and movies have stunk recently. And that's because they're trying to use algorithms to figure out how to get the most number of people to watch it. Yes. Rather than creative Making... people create and then we get to enjoy it. Right. Right. Anywho. It's a mess. Anywho. So that's, that's the horrors I've been living through. What about you? Do you have any other horrific 
stuff. I guess to me, it, the, the most horrifying thing that I've been reading about is, is just the, uh, the ongoing Clarence Thomas um, information <laughs> that's being released where it's like, oh, today or this week, it was, uh, we find out that that Harlan Crow, that, that Republican billionaire, paid for his grandnephew, uh, Clarence Thomas' grandnephew, who he raised apparently as a son, to go to school and he didn't report it. It's like, I just feel like if you have an insane Republican billionaire paying for your kid to go to school, they're... The, uh, the horror of it is there's no mechanism by which you, we could get Supreme Court justices off the Supreme Court if they're corrupt. That's the right. horror. Why right. did we think about this? Why are why do we have to figure this out now? Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Anyways. Well, so he's not going to step down, but, you know, that's that to me is where I was reading this week. Where I'm like, well, this can't be good. No, 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 no. If Everything a, is a, bad. If a billionaire wants to give me money, obviously I would use it I for will. good. Yes, I will take it. I will Come make beautiful on. art. I will share it with people. I'll mostly buy food, probably. <laughs> I'll let people have abortions if they want. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, absolutely. I'll let, I'll let people do whatever the fuck they want to do to their yeah. own fucking bodies. Absolutely. Speaking of, this, of course, is uh, we're recording this for um, Mommy Issues Month. And both the issues our mothers give us and then the issues we all have as, as mommies yes. or prospective mommies. Um and, and before we get into the movie, though, just a reminder, if you're listening on Patreon, we have a live show coming up Sunday, May 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And if you're listening to this on the live feed, it is still up. Like, it's up for 72 hours, so if you missed it somehow, um, you can still buy a ticket at moment.co slash ruined, and you still have access to see the live show for, like, another 24 hours if you're listening to this the day it comes out. So... Get those tickets, moment.co slash ruined. We're going to ruin Evil Dead Rise. So, you know, just be there for that. Oh, and it looks like a real treat. I'm seeing yeah, it I'm tomorrow. Excited. Very excited. And I can't wait. Um, so, yeah. Now back to the regularly scheduled programming. Now, we picked this as an inch. This is a recommendation from our very own producer, Sabrina. Um, and it is a, a Hulu horror movie that just came out this year starring Diana Agron, who mm. I associate from Glee. Did you watch Glee, Allison? I did not watch Glee. Okay. But I know that she was on it. And what are your feelings about, when I say Glee, what does it conjure for you? Positive, negative? Like, nothing. Neutral? Okay. I, it's, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, this is like, I bet there was stuff I would have liked. I think ultimately it wasn't for me, but also mm-hmm. I get why people like, I'm it, like, agnostic. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think, like, it is super cheesy, but also sort of most people's entree to Ryan Murphy. I mean, mm-hmm. he'd already done Nip Tuck and everything. Yeah. He was my entree to Ryan Murphy. And it was so uh, specifically gay in a way that mm-hmm. I think, you know, I was I think in my tw- I was in my 20s when it came out, so it didn't yeah, really yeah. hit in the same way. But I think if you were a teen, at least to have some gayness. Totally. Uh, on on TV would have been... I think people have an emotional attachment to Glee in a way that totally makes sense to me. Yes. Whether you think that Ryan Murphy is, like, a net positive or negative in our culture, like, there are undeniable, like, good, cool things that he has done in shows, so I can appreciate that for sure. And Diana um, Agron is great in it, so I'm glad yeah. that she's getting work. We're excited to see her working. Um, and... Uh, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer uh, for the movie, which is called Clock. 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 Uh, again, not great SEO on the title, but it, the, the the movie is about the biological clock. Allison, what were your thoughts about the trailer for Clock? Um, bad. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not care for it. It was super uh, chilling. I also like, obviously, all of the themes that I know we're going to get into, but like, I will say even just like, 
anything that's happening where it's like, oh, we're doing medical experimentation. Oh, you could be girl. part of this trial at this company, and it's that has a symbol as a name. Like you're just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, I am not. No, the, the number of times you see a, a, a lubed up speculum in this movie. No. Ooh. The I fluids. Mean, just like regular gynecological tools. I could pass out right now, honestly. Every time I go, I'm like, did you stop at Home Depot on your way here? <laughs> like, what is this stuff? <laughs> like, it doesn't seem very medical. It seems very construction. Right, yeah. And it's like, there. this is the only situation in which, like, it is so vulnerable in such a specific way because— it's like the vulnerability of sex, except it's someone you only see once a year, and yeah. afterwards they will tell you if you have cancer or not. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like— the, And you pay them for the experience. And you have to wait. You have to sit there in your little fucking uh, gown, and then they ask you invasive questions about your life. It's it, The only thing worse to me, honest to God, and this is just like why my teeth are look and are the way they are, Dentist. is the dentist. Like— at least when I go to the OBGYN, I'm like, I know what this is. I do need to go. The dentist is like, the gynecologist, except there's a drill involved. Yeah. So it's like, if there was a drill, I would never go to the gynecologist. If I, vagina dentata was real, I would yeah. never go. I, like, I, I just oh, yeah, go. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, dentist plus gynecologist at the same time, that, that didn't happen for me. That's very medieval. I bet they were doing that back then. But truly, yeah. the idea of, we've talked about this in the pod, like the idea that you go and a straight, basically a stranger puts a drill in your mouth and we're just all <laughs> supposed to be fine with that. It That's sucks. a fucking horror movie. That sucks, sucks so bad. Um, and then we also like to take a baseline scary. And so the baseline scary, Allison, is how scary do you find the concept of not having a biological clock? I mean... I don't believe in the concept of a biological clock. Um, like, I understand, like, there are hormones that kick in at certain times, but I don't think it's just this assumed thing. And I think that that's what we, this movie talks about. is like, well, every woman must have one. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think I do. Yeah. So, like, I am somebody who, like, very famously does not want kids. And there has never, like, I see a famously. kid and I'm like, oh, like, I like kids. Like, mm-hmm. and there are times where you're like, Oh, like, I wonder what that, but, like, no part of me is, like, it's now. Yeah. And I just feel like it's a fake thing that um, our culture uses to pressure women into doing things they don't want to do. Um, I, absolutely. Uh, I feel like sort of similar to comp or compulsory heterosexuality, which I've talked about with regards to my own life. It does seem like it's the kind of thing where, like, I know I have friends who de- definitely were like, I want kids. That is, like, I- I'm going into life with that idea. And then if not, you, I think especially if you're a straight woman who's like in a married relationship or a long-term relationship Mm -hmm. with a man, it is this presumed next step that if you do not have that desire becomes this looming aspect of your life in this very punishing way. Because, you know, being a woman and I think more broadly being someone who could conceive. Yes. The idea is like, well, that's what your body's supposed to be doing. And yeah. the idea of like, I mean, and we've talked a lot about this in all the hormones, but the idea of like what the natural body is supposed to be doing, quote unquote, yeah. versus what you as a person want to be doing is sort of what we're getting at here. Is like to feel like you're broken if you don't have that. And what measures will you use to quote unquote fix yourself fix it. Yeah. to be closer to what is appropriate? Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, we, before we get started, uh, Allison, would you like to guess the twist or what, what you think the twist might be in Clock? Guess the twist. And there is a twist. There is, it's not a twist. It's interesting because a twist is not related to the plot necessarily, oh. but there is a twist 
um, where something, so I'll, I'll, whatever, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you some, this is not, normally I would not give a hint. Mm-hmm. There's something where she thinks is a hallucination, and then it is something that is revealed, she is having a hallucination, what is revealed about the hallucination mm. is the twist. Okay. That probably didn't help at all, but go ahead. No, I think it actually muddied the waters. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm going to guess that she's, what she's hallucinating is like, I because there is like a demon-y kind of like scary face at one point. So I'm going to run with that. And I'm going to guess that that is the Melora Harding character in mm-hmm. reality, like is like actually um, an awful demon who's trying to steal people's babies. Ooh, okay, great. I think. Love to hear it. That's perfect. All right, great. Well, let us begin ruining 2023's clock. We open on, ooh, and I, I'm i on record of loving text on the screen, mm-hmm. but I also love a, uh, a blank screen with the sound of twisting rope and sort of a metal swing rattling back and forth. Oh, God. The, the sound of twisting rope on an all-black yeah. sc- screen. Oh, you love it. We see, we open on, again, a perfect horror movie image, just like we open Mama on a car, pulled up on a curb with the door open. Terrifying. We see a woman in a white nightgown standing on a playground swing. It's the middle of the night. Cool. She is, of course, sobbing. And mm-hmm. we see, she's sort of step, standing on her own feet, and we see blood is streaming from between her legs. And she looks into her cupped hand, sobbing. And I'll be honest, I thought she had had a miscarriage and she was looking at the mm-hmm. miscarriage. That's how, yeah. I was like, okay, we're fucking starting ready like for this. that, yeah. Allison, without further ado, this woman pulls herself up onto the top bar of the swing set, wraps the chain from the swing around her neck, and fucking drops backwards, hanging Whoa. herself. And we see the object drop from her hand, and it's a circular pronged metal object. Title card clock. I mean, I'm in. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, we see Ella, played by Diana Agron. She picks up a deviled egg covered in roe, and there are Ugh. some really, Ugh. like— incredible egg-related imagery yeah. where it's like you're eating another animal's eggs egg on, on, eggs on top eggs. of eggs and you yourself are full of eggs that I, oh, as soon as I'm like, fun. no, that's right. We're we're animals. Um, you know, someone could eat human roe. I don't know who would do that. I, I hope we'd ever meet them. Um, Is it like too microscopic? Yeah, it's I, it's gotta be. We would know if it was big, right? I'm, Not us personally, but like humanity. Like humanity. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like the thing is like it's so small. That is crazy. Well, I guess they're eggs. They're not. I was like, why is Roe so big? But I guess the, yeah. it's because they have to spawn in the water. They can't be yeah, that yeah, small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not internal to the fish. It would be funny if fish got pregnant. Oh. Um, so we see Ella's at a baby shower and she's sort of, again, at the deviled egg table just going nuts like I would nice. be. And we see her wince as her friends are all discussing. They're like, oh, my God, going to the bathroom after giving birth was like going to hell. My pussy split all the way open. I got a cyst in my vagina. They had to drain it. And she's, like, eating. She's like, oh, God. And this is a lot of, like, the visceral disgust of um, pregnancy, which I think is, like, an interesting aspect Mm -hmm. um, to focus on. And I feel like a lot of women say, like, no one told me or I didn't know. And I do think one of the reasons is it's hard to convey physical pain if you're not experiencing it. Yeah. Like— And, yeah, you—like, I think there's also the cultural need of people to to 
be like, well, you must be miserable with me, so I will not tell you the real horrors. And then, right. of course, that this is also, like, like um, we don't even talk about periods. We don't even talk about, like, that kind of pain. Oh, I so, know. Like, yeah. It's such a private area of our bodies that, yes. like, um, you know, it's already, like, kind of something that's, like, taboo to talk about. A hundred percent, yeah. If it was, like, if it happened to your arm, it would be a little right, more exactly. public. Right, exactly. Yeah, there and there's something too where it's like, oh, um, it's like if we're talking about labor, that's fine because a baby came out. If we're talking about like your pussy being split open for five Ugh. months after, like it's like nobody wants to hear about the like the after. the rehab and the maintenance and all this stuff. Yeah, and in America, I don't think they're paying for a lot of that stuff. You always hear no. in Europe like you get like they send a physical therapist to your house and help you like redo your uh, or strengthen your uh, pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. But we, you're just out here fucking swinging in the wind in America. Oh, God. So Elle, Elle, Elle is having a, a, a reaction, but her friend Shauna is the one whose birthday, or sorry, whose baby baby's birthday is soon. That's why they're <laughs> having a baby shower. Um, so her friend Shauna, who is a lesbian and is married to her wife Fiona, I'm like, thank you. Okay, representation. Uh, Shauna calls it, like Ella over, like, oh, Ella is this incredible designer. Her uh, name of her company is Ella Patel Designs. And it's like, she's going to design my nursery. And all the other moms are like, oh, my God, you have to come over and, like, redo our den. You were incredible. She also, Ella has a Hebrew letter on a necklace. And I'm so sorry I meant to look it up. Allison, if you nice. were to have a Hebrew letter on a necklace, what would it be? If I were to? Or I anyone. If you were, if you were to be a Hebrew Jewish person. I don't know Hebrew anymore. I don't even know. I couldn't even... Okay, I'm so that kind of Jew. As a as a as a Christian, as a Catholic, I would have a crucifix. If you were a Jewish woman who had a necklace, what would be on it? Like, what would that symbol? A Star be? of David, tech, like typically. No, it looks like a letter. It looks. I'm sure, like, no, I'm sure it is a letter. I just have no idea which one it would be. What is it? One that means like life or something? Like no, they're letters. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's like it is a letter. Yes. Is the symbol? Yes. Oh, okay. Um. I don't know. I re- okay. I genuinely don't know. I my Hebrew learning kind of stopped when I was eight. Okay, I looked it up. It's a chai. Is that how you pronounce oh, yeah. it? Or a, chai. A, a chai? Chai. Chai. So she's a high. Uh, so she is Jewish. And I looked it up because to me, Diana um, Agron, I'm like Jewish, but she is. She is. So I'll I'll allow it. Um, and so we see right up top that this is also going to involve her faith as a Jewish person, which I, I it's just nice to have. Like it's not about Catholics, you know what I mean? It is. It or is. like the weird uh, evangelical version of like that kind of aspects of demons. So it was kind of nice to have a little variety. And um, they call her over. They're like, oh my God, when are you going to start having kids? And of course you see her reaction like, please don't. She's the only one there who isn't pregnant or has a child. Yeah. She also spots there's a little boy climbing in the tree and she tries to point it out like, whose kid's up there? But Shauna grabs her stomach and, and gasps. They all turn to Shauna and the baby is moving. And she asks Ella, who again is supposed to be like her best friend, oh, do you want to touch my belly? And she lifts mm-hmm. her shirt up and Ella sees the outline of a little hand pressing from the inside. Also, like, I don't think that that's how, I don't think it's that specific, like, visually You're not obvious. seeing a little face. It's yeah, like you, you do see, see like, like I think that the, you do see like protrusions of, I don't think you see mm-hmm. a hand. Mm-hmm. Right, it's, it's giving a, me it's, the it's giving her the finger. I was like imagining the Titanic scene when they're having sex in the car, and then you just like one of the hands like touches the condensing like the condensation on the window. And what are you if not a car to your fetus, Allison? <laughs> and this movie, um, they're on they're on the Titanic. I would say okay. this car is absolutely on the Titanic. Uh, Shauna sees Ella recoil and says, it's a baby, L, not an alien. Or is it? No, this is a baby. We know okay. Shauna's baby is a is regular. 
And we see the other moms again inundating Ella and be like, when are you and your husband, Aiden? Aiden is such a hottie. You know, when are you going to try to start conceiving? And Shauna is trying to like control the situation because she knows Ella is not in that. And she says, oh, you know, Ella doesn't want kids to try to cut it off. This reactivates the moms into a full court press. It's like, oh, like your clock's going to kick in any day now. And they say to her, like, well, one of them says, I'll be honest, like, I I wouldn't even know what, like, what do you do all day without a kid? And we see Ella has this moment where she flashes through her life, which is she swims at her personal pool because she is rich. The dream. Her hot fucking husband goes down on her. She works at the a construction site where they're putting together her design. She delivers food for meals on wheels. She gets a massage. We see her cooking like a delicious yeah. meal. Yeah, feels like a very robust life. Yeah, and we just, her day ends. And then her hottest husband like falls asleep with his head on her lap while she has a glass of wine and these like big gigantic floor to ceiling windows. Oh. And then she comes back out. And it's just so funny where it's like, is that not enough for you people? <laughs> <laughs> but of course, we're joking, obviously. Like the, the whole point is like if you want kids, great. If not, people yes. do a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to fill the There's day. There's a lot you know? that can fill the day. And no one ever asks men why they aren't having kids. <laughs> no. And if they were, I'd be like, oh, my wife, my hot <laughs> wife doesn't want to get pregnant. Um, one of the moms, you know, sort of interrupts her reverie and says, You'll want kids. Kids are the best thing that will ever happen to you. And right then, the little boy who's in the tree plummets out of the tree screaming and hits the ground, and everyone runs over. We don't hear about the kid. I'm assuming he's okay. okay. But it's sort of, again, like the, the fantasy of children and then the reality, which is they, they at any point in time could plummet out of a tree. Like, I mean, I don't know how people with children aren't just having a panic attack 24 hours a day. I think, unfortunately, they are. And yeah. I, there's a very famous quote, and I'm sorry, I don't know who it says. It says, uh, like, having a child is like having your heart walk around outside your body. Oh, terrifying. Wow. Absolutely terrifying. That sounds rough. Um, next thing you know, we see that Ella has gone. She's getting an OBGYN appointment with Dr. Weber, who works at the same hospital as Ella's husband, Aiden, who's, of course, a surgeon, a hot surgeon, Allison. I mean, good And for her. he recommended uh, that Ella go to Dr. Weber because Ella is the same age her mother was when, she, when her mother died of, of breast cancer. So okay. she's not 40 yet because they usually like have have you go in um, at 40 and start getting mammograms. So she's yeah. a little early and he's like, just go see her now and get it started. Makes yeah. sense. Smart. Um, so Dr. Weber, you know, he's like, oh my God, like Aiden's so incredible. I, you know, one of my favorite doctors here at the hospital. Ella says, okay, great. Just regular appointment, please. And they start with the breast exam and they start talking about her mother's history of breast cancer and Dr. Weber then has her put her legs up in the stirrups and is asking about birth control. And Ella says, basically, like, I guess the kind of um, cancer, breast cancer her mother had, birth control can sort of be connected to it. So mm-hmm. she went off birth control uh, because of her concerns. And so they just use condoms. So she's not at any hormonal birth control. And Allison, they shoot the exam for the horror of it. Like, yeah. we see, like, the glint of the speculum. As, as she puts, like, the, the cold lube on it. Like, we oh, see all the so implements. Unpleasant. You see the long sort of um, Q-tip that's being, they, they use to scrape your cervix. And Ella's hands grabbing the armrest. Because it is both the physical discomfort and then, like, the mental discomfort yeah, of being so exposed. You know? There is a very, like, existential, emotional mm-hmm. element to it, too, where you're just kind of, like... Laying there. And also there is something to all that I always find very horrifying, which is like that someone else can see what's happening more than I can. Terrifying. Like, like yes. the fact that like I don't know like internally how things look. Um, yes. but someone else does, and kind of like that power dynamic feels really weird. 
Oh, absolutely. And they could at any Same any with dentist. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, the dentist, you just have to rely on them. I'm like, I never want to see the inside of my mouth. Yeah, I remember, um, we talked about this, but uh, seeing, like, a cervix, like, someone's cervix online. I almost passed out. Like, the idea of, like, seeing your own cervix. But also, thank God those doctors exist to look at my cervix. Because there's so much that goes wrong with them. Like The whole area is going to fucking blow. Also, by the way, there's people on Twitter arguing about when your kids should get the HPV vaccine. Get them as early as possible. I think you get them when you're a tween. Just fucking take them. Like, we are past the point, the idea that, like, oh, your kid, oh, it's going to make your kid have sex early. Grow up. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. Do you want your kid to not get cancer? I don't know what to tell Nothing you. Nothing medical is making kids act like being on birth control, getting the HPV vaccine, getting, you know, any other st- like none of that is going to make yes. kids have sex faster. It's just going to take a lifetime of pain off the table in a lot exactly. of ways. And she asks Ella, do you and Aiden want kids? And Ella says, well, I'm not quite ready yet. But Dr. Weber, Weber finishes up and says, well, I hate to say this, but you're 37, so uh, that's already ge- geriatric. I'm sorry, but you don't have time to be, quote, not quite ready yet. And Ella says, Good. yeah, it's not that I'm not ready. It's that I don't want kids at all. I never have. I don't think I have a biological clock. And Dr. Robo says, all women have a biological clock. Maybe yours is just broken. Squeeze me, Dr. Weber. Rude. Rude. Um, And again, like we said, like the idea of like, quote unquote, the biology of women is not helpful both in terms of, you know, like if you're a cis woman having to hear that, but also like there are people who are not women, they're trans masculine people, non-binary people who are also conceiving and having their own experience of pregnancy. Yes. So the idea of like, this is women's, quote unquote, women's biological destiny, you know, is already like, Putting so much on the individual that we're, what are you doing, you know? Yes. So she goes to her paint guy. She has a paint guy that she goes to, and he has a copy of a design magazine that publishes this big uh, spread on Ella and, like, her company. And she's really excited, and so she posts a photo from the magazine. And, of course, when she goes to Instagram and posts the photo, every other photo from all of her friends are pregnancy photos, baby pictures, family shots on vacation, you know? And Allison, if that wasn't pressure enough, and this is the thing I want to talk, we're going to talk about this at the end of the episode. She and Aiden get dinner at her dad's house, and he is Jewish, Jewish, okay? Yeah, yeah. And she is like, she's preparing a whole platter. We got the, we got caviar, we got latkes. We got, it's it's incredible. We got a hollow, we got some red wine. And her dad's whispering to Aiden, like, they clearly have like a fun rapport. He's Mm -hmm. like, did you get me anything good this week from the hospital? And Aiden says, yeah, I got you something good. And he pulls out his duffel bag. And and the dad reaches in and goes, pens! And he got all these, like, pens from the hospital. That's really fun. And he's like, oh, I'm telling you, these are the primo pens. So I'm like, and the, also the actor, I'll look at the actor who plays the um, dad is so cute and sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, so warm and, like, what you would want as your dad in general, but especially as your Jewish dad. Yeah. Um, his name is Saul Rubinek. And, you know, he's, like, grounding this movie, which does get a little in, like, a very human place, which yeah. I really appreciated. Oh, that's nice. Um, and, uh, and so you know he's so happy. It's going to be hard, like, oh, it's going to be hard to say no when this guy wants a grandchild. Yeah. Right? That's what we're setting up here. And he's like, oh, my God, thank you so much for visiting me. You know, I love it when you come over. And she's like, yeah, we wanted to come see you, obviously. And the dad's like, oh, you're so beautiful. Aiden's so smart. And, 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 you know, life's perfect except for these empty chairs here around the table. And this is obviously like a oft-repeated refrain because Ella's just like, please, dad, like, can we not get into it? 
but he's going wide with it. And he's like, you know, your mother and I, we would have had more. We would have had six, seven kids, but if she hadn't gotten sick. So that's what we only had you. You're our only child. And you know how your grandparents wanted grandchildren. And she's like, can we not bring bring up the, my grandparents into this? And he says, well, they're a part of your story and you're a part of their story. What story, Allison? That's right. It's about the Jewish people's survival of the Holocaust. Yeah. So again, is that. And I will say, as a Catholic, at least nobody's bringing up the Holocaust as a reason that I personally have to have kids. Yeah, yeah, that is a nice <laughs> you know, thing to I'm avoid. I am grateful. Um, and he's like, listen, it's like all I'm saying is a thousand years of survival of our family line from the beginning of time, including surviving the camps, for all of it to end now. And she's like, that is too much it's to too put much on pressure. me. That's too much pressure for an individual. And she's, also, who gives a shit? <laughs> and but you know, but I, and we'll talk about that because I think that that is like. It, it, it is both sides, but also, yes. like, come on. You know what I mean? But she storms in the kitchen. She's cutting up a delicious roast. And we hear Aiden sort of calm her dad down, like, you know how your heart's bad? Like, let's not get excited. And her dad says, my heart aches because of her. You know? Again, Mom. putting it on her in this. It, mm. It's like, no well, no wonder she feels all fucked up about having kids. If this is yeah. the, the litany that's being told to her her whole life. Ugh. Like, that's, again, that's so much pressure. Um that night, Aiden and Ella uh, make love. Next week, frame photo of their beautiful. So he's Indian. So it's a beautiful Indian Jewish wedding. And I was like, I'm not Indian, that. but like, I know that his parents are giving him the same talk about this. Yes, you know what I mean? Totally. Like, all parents are like, you got to do it. You just got to have grandkids, you know? And he goes to get a condom, and Ella takes it out of his hand and says, let's do this. And he's like, we cannot have a kid just because your dad got upset. <laughs> And she's trying to be like, it's not just him, it's everybody. Everyone's having fucking kids. Like, let's just let's just fucking do this and have one already. Which is real boner killer, because basically what she's saying is, let's just fucking do it. Like, whatever. Yeah. I guess and, we'll just throw our whole lives away to do this, because everybody's saying we're supposed to, and uh, I don't know, just let's get it over with. Is, yeah. Which is a very unsexy vibe. But I think a lot of people make that decision, you know, where it's like, look, I don't know how else to get around this. So, like, we'll just have kids. And, of course, then it's like, oh, no, then the kids are just there forever. You know what I mean? So uh, they end, of course, they don't end up making love, but so they get into a huge argument. And he tells her, I don't want to have a child with you because you feel like you're beaten down and don't know not how to have one. And she says, well, you might be shit out of luck. And Aiden says, like, so basically we find out they've been they've been uh, married for 10 years and probably together, like, uh, earlier than that. So, or, like, I was like, they met in college or something. They've been together forever. Um, and she's 37 now, right? And he's like, we've had this conversation a thousand times. I told you, I only want kids if you want to have them. If not, I am happy just being with you. Th- like, I am not pushing you to do this. And she's like, that's whatever. Everyone's been saying the same thing since we got together 10 years ago. We ha- have to have kids. I don't feel any different. And she's like, well, like, we kind of knew this was going to happen. Like, eventually your fertility would start to fall off. Like, it's not like there's some magic way to fix how you feel. And as soon right. as he says fix, like, he just is like, I didn't mean fix. I didn't mean, like, you know, I'm sorry. That this is wrong and there is a right way. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously but. she's clearly fucked up about it. Because, yeah, like, she is ed- headed towards the end of her fertile years. And now it's like, decide, like, okay, are we going gonna to do this? And if not, then that's a beautiful decision that everyone has to make, you know. And she storms out into her workroom, and we see her pull a slip of paper with a number written on it that Dr. Weber gave her. And we sort of mm-hmm. cut back to the Dr. Weber exam, and she says, and we see Dr. Weber saying again, your clock is broken. And Ella's response is, broken. So you're, like, almost like it could be fixed. 
And Dr. Weber again gives us like sort of their old rigmarole and says the lack of desire to have children could be a hormonal imbalance in and of itself. So that lack of desire, she's saying, could be a medical element. According to this new biotech firm, which is working Ugh. on just this issue, Allison, Mm-mm. do you, they're having trials right now. Do you want me to see if I can get you in? And Elle um, says, no. I don't know. She's about to start work on a big resort. So she's going to be designing a resort. Ah, the dream. Huge oppor- opportunity of a lifetime. And and this trial is inpatient. So she's like, I don't know. I'm going to be, I, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. I'm going to be slammed. And Dr. Robert says, here, take my cell phone number in case you change your mind. And, of course, Allison, when she's at home looking at the slip of paper, she touches her neck and her necklace comes off in her hand. Oh, and she takes it as a sign. Mm-hmm. Time to make some babies. In the morning, she says goodbye to Aiden and drives off to the trial. And we see her call her boss, Michael, and say she's pulling out of the project, It was which was her dream project. She apologizes and says, like, something's come up. I just can't do it. We see... At the clinic, she parks, and we see the clinic symbol is an infinity sign. Which, I mean, yikes. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. I don't like it. And on her way in, we see um, everyone is wearing these sort of like very like wing pink, like goop sure. pajamas, like a matching set of like linen flowy, like a matching set sort of. Yeah. And the receptionist leads her to it's all very goop, all very like light wood, beautiful soft lighting, white robes, pink linen. And she also, there's like, basically it's like a dorm style. So she's mm-hmm. staying in a room or a hotel, I guess. Uh, it, it's gorgeous. She signs a ton of paperwork and she gets uh, her blood drawn to sort of get analyzed. And she yeah. meets with the lead doctor, Dr. Simmons, played by Melora Hardin. Obsessed with her. Love her. Her Love hair her. is slicked back and huge. So it's yeah. like tight on the sides and then like a big bouffant on top. Incredible. 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 And I always think of her as Jan from The Office. I wasn't yes. the biggest Office fan, like, I, but of course I've seen it because I live in America. And I just assumed this is what Jan's next step was. Like, yes. she became a scientist who runs this shady operation. Very, lo- if I remember vaguely, like, kind of, work, like, this is a great next step for Jan is to yeah. work for a biotech company. That she, like, this. willed herself into. Yes. Ugh. And Love Laura Hardin. Great in 17 again. Um... Oh, it's fabulous. And, of course, she explains, oh, she was in The Bold Type, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. The Bold Type. She explains, It is the singular evolutionary goal of a species to procreate. That is our purpose, which says to me that because you are otherwise physically healthy, your system is just a little off. So the goal of the trial is to realign with your body's goals. So again, the idea that the innate goal of the human, human your existence specifically as a woman is to procreate, but then as us in general, is to procreate. And it, the they're, they're going to use two different methods to get into this. We have the hormone injections. Oh, sorry. We're gonna be, she's going to be taking hormones, so she's going to be um, ingesting them in pill form. And then uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's going to go two, two to two, mm-hmm. sort of work on the psychology of why you don't want to have kids, and then sort of kickstart your body's desire to have children. But as Ella points out, the the inpatient element is only 10 days. So she's like, well, how much can we really get done in 10 days? And she says, that's a great question. This isn't a cure. This is sort of a jumping off point. And if you're interested, we'll keep you on the medication and we'll I'll basically have an outpatient element. So I'll be calling you and we'll keep you on um, the pills. 
And Ella, before she leaves, tells her, I'm going to be honest, I might be a hard case. And Dr. Simons laughs and says, you aren't a case to me, Ella. You're a person. And the best kind, a woman mm-hmm. in the cafeteria, now in her little pink jammies. Ella tries to find a person to sit with, but everyone is sort of in their own books or their own phones. So she sits yeah. down. And the food does look fucking incredible. I mean, I, if I were going to do, like, a drug trial at a kind of a scary biotech company, I would want it to have all the trappings of the wing. <laughs> like, I would want, yeah. like, fabulous food, millennial pink jammies, like, a very relaxing, like, chill environment. And it does, as a millennial, does evoke sort of the heyday of all these fraudulent startups of, like, yes. it, it is about the aesthetic. It's a, like, wow, right. look how cool it looks in here. Don't worry about what we're doing as society. Yes, exactly. People don't worry yeah. about all Focus that Focus on stuff. how Instagrammable it is and not exactly. if this is kind of the death of humanity um, coming towards us. Yeah. So that night she sees the text from Aiden and she replies, hey, sorry, I have terrible service. We'll call before my meetings tomorrow. And that's when I realized she didn't tell Aiden she was going there. Wild. Horror movie spouse mistake yeah. number fucking one. Yeah. Tell people where you're going. And especially tell your spouse, okay? Like, yes. yes, there's some situations where your spouse might be completely evil, might be a demon, might be in on it. But regardless, then at least they know where you are if something goes wrong, right? Yeah. The next day, she has therapy sessions with Dr. Si- uh, Simmons. And she vents all of her fears, specifically about pregnancy. And a lot of her fears are about bo- the bodily changes and the terror of pregnancy. And I will say, that watching this, I my one friend... Uh, had a, had a friend who, when she gave birth, I, I probably told this on the pod before, but I really, I think about this once a week probably, she tore, which happens a lot, but she mm-hmm. tore forward and it ripped <gasps> her clit in half, Allison. It ripped her clit right in half. And I, I think, luckily uh, she was able to go and get it fixed up. I hope she's doing okay now. But I never like heard one such of the worst thing. things I've ever heard in my entire life. I was life. like, wow. And I think, uh, you know, there's other things we talk about, like on TikTok, where people talk about like, oh yeah, I was pregnant and all my teeth became loose. Yes. Nobody's talking about that kind of stuff. <laughs> no one's talking about the teeth. Right in half, Allison. Anyways, so uh, <laughs> Ella's concerns seem completely reasonable to me. And Dr. Simmons tells her, you know, it's highly unlikely for a woman to die in childbirth or suffer lasting side effects in childbirth these days. That yeah. also isn't true. I mean, no. like, you know, especially in America. Yeah, like, for black women, the maternal mortality rate is, like, outrageously high for a country that it should it should not be. I mean, it shouldn't be anywhere, but, like, we have the tools. Right, we have the technology. So, yeah, and I think, again, it's, like, sort of d- dismissing her concerns without, in- without engaging in them, um, which is not helpful. And he's, she says, have you ever considered you must have tocophobia, the pathological fear of pregnancy? Again, all the things she's saying are real. So let's yeah. de- re- deal with the reality of it, which is, yeah, you will have to pass through your fear if you want to have kids, rather than, well, that probably won't happen. Right. Horrible things happen all the time. What do you mean? All you the know? time. But uh, I was like, well, I didn't know there was a name for it, but th- that is what I have. I have pregnancy that. Pregnancy sounds <laughs> fucking terrifying. Yeah. And Dr. Simmons switches tack and sort of says, oh, you know, you're here, you're conquering your fears, your husband, it must mean a lot to him. And Ella tells her, he doesn't know I'm here. Ladies, we have to stop doing this. Don't do this. You can't shut down, open up, especially your spouse about going to a weird biotech facility in the middle of fucking nowhere. Instead of work, where you implied you would be. (laughs) He doesn't even know where you physically are. That seems like a bad idea. Bad, bad, bad. Um, and she says, and Dr. Simmons says, well, why didn't you tell your husband you're here? And Ella says, well, what if it doesn't work? 
So what if I, I get his hopes up? What if I, I create this whole thing? Again, women, you got to take up space, okay? You're allowed to tell someone you're at some sort of facility. I think we got to embrace that. Allison, Dr. Simmons pulls out a box of cards and says, you know, I'm going to give you a test. I'm going to show you these cards with these sort of little different blobby, beanie blobs on them. And Ella says, oh, it looks sort of like a Rorschach test. And Dr. Simmons says, yes, like, take a look at these and then let me know what you see. And we see them in focuses, as she focuses. And one of the blobs rises up from the card and becomes a small figure of a very tall woman. Okay. And she said it was kind of wearing like a babushka and wearing like a long, dark dress or coat. And she says, Dr. Simmons, are you seeing this? And Dr. Simmons says, what do you see? And we see another blob take form, and it becomes a pile of dead spiders, of dead okay. bugs. Okay. And then another blob rises, and it's a grandfather clock. And then all of them disappear, and they're just flat blobs on, on, on cards again. And Ella says, so what the hell was that? What does it all mean? And Dr. Simmons tells her, we'll get to that tomorrow. And she smiles while Ella no takes hangers in medical experiences. No, like, you're seeing a big pile of dead spiders, Allison. No to be continued, where it's like, I saw a bunch of dead spiders uh, and a small, tall woman, and it's like, well, yeah. sleep on that. <laughs> See you in the morning. That night, Ella gets ready for bed, and she sees a spider on the bed frame, so she smushes it with her sandal, but when she looks, there's nothing there. Mm. The next day, she has another therapy session, says, all right, let's get the easy one out of the way first. My, fa- my father has a massive grandfather coffin in his house. It's a family heirloom. Okay. It was, in fact, the one thing that his parents recovered from their home after they survived Birkenau, survived the Holocaust, and returned home. And Dr. Simmons says, that explains why you just called it a coffin right now. And Ella says, did I? Of course, you know, Dr. Simmons says, it makes sense. This is your father's heirloom. It's passed on. It survived this horrible tragedy. And maybe it's symbolizing, like, you having to process, like, this, you being the final resting place of your family's storyline. Mm. Again, a lot of pressure to put on somebody. on one person? And so Ella's getting very agitated because that's obviously also, like, that is why she saw that, you know? And they move on to the spiders, and Ella explains, yeah, this to me represents that how, like, humanity. You know, in the Holocaust, they called us insects until people believed them. And they just piled us up somewhere. And Dr. Simmons says, the ultimate evil. And Ella pushes back and says, you know, what's interesting, there are so many genocides. Why do people think this one was the worst one? And Dr. Simmons is like, well, I don't know, they all seem pretty bad to me, but what do you think? And Ella says, it's because things were pretty good at the time. This happened amongst wealthy, educated, cultured people. So deep down, people understand that if it happened there and then, it could happen here and now. Which did feel like a very white, sort of uh, yeah, Eurocentric thing to say. Very. But her, yes. Like, deserving, like, that that has no bearing on whether you, like, deserve to live or die. And also, like, if anything, like, the experience of genocide, unfortunately, is that, like, this can happen anywhere at any time in any culture. We yeah. Like, it's like, the, this is a pattern that repeats. Now, that's not horrifying, but it's sort of like, well, we should have done that. It's like, yeah, no, but that's not how it works, yeah. you know, unfortunately. Um... But she says because of that, because of the modernity of it, deep down people understand that if it could happen there and then, it could happen here and now. 
Which uh, I was like, man, I thought this movie was going to be about some kind of demon baby or something. Yeah, not the Holocaust. Not the uh, the Jewish <laughs> lineage of trauma from the Holocaust. But hey, you know, again, nice to mix it up for the Catholicism of it all. Still pretty fucking scary. So. Yeah. And she says, what what the bug, insects represent to me, the spiders are like, what what one might be willing to do to another human being if society just gave them permission. Mm. And uh, Dr. Simon says, which makes sense as a reason not to want to have children, to, to know that about the world. It'd be like, how could I bring a child into the world where something like this could possibly happen makes total sense. And then she says, and what about the very tall woman? Allison, Ella has no clue. So tall woman, she's like, beats me, doc. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Um, at the end, they end their session, and Dr. Simmons says, you know, your blood work is a little off. Your hormones are a little bit low. So I'm going to offer you a small device that would be mm. implanted that releases hormones, right? No. And it is a permanent implant. No. Um, right? Which, again, is experimental because you're in a trial. I guess you're just like, I guess if I'm already in a trial. And I, Ella, I guess. I know. Ella's like, well, <laughs> let me think about it. And that night, she's trying to go to sleep, but the wall clock is ticking so loudly. And she pulls it off the wall and takes the batteries out, only for it to start ticking again. She opens the hallway door to sort of throw it out in the hallway, when suddenly she just hears this cacophonous ticking and, like, the sound of grandfather clock bells ringing, just flooding the hallway. And she runs distraught down the hall, through the cafeteria and outside, and is having a panic attack. And we see another patient sneaking a cigarette and saying, like, ah, day number six, huh? She says, no, it's five. It, get, it gets worse, you know, and they, she takes a cigarette and they kind of commiserate about their experience. And the other woman says, yeah, I'm getting my implant tomorrow and then I'm going home. But I'm telling you, it gets a lot better once you get past the tank. The, tank. Other, patient, the other patient heads back to bed and Ella finishes her cigarette thoughtfully. Allison, when she turns back to the building, she is looking into the cafeteria's gigantic floor-to-ceiling windows and sees a very, very tall woman. Why so tall? The woman from her therapy session. And the tall woman cocks her head in that creakety-crackety ring way. Mm. Allison, if you were to see this, what would you do? What would you do? I'm hitting the bricks. Hitting the I'm bricks. out of there. I am getting my shit. I am going home. I am not doing this trial. I am I am not staying there. I don't want to know who she is. I'm telling my story walking, for sure. I am uh, I, I'm calling Aiden and be like, hey, we have to go to couples counseling because I wouldn't tell you where I was. Yes. But yes. I'm here. I'm coming back now. I'm, you I'm know? coming home. I'm coming home. Or tell, like, getting Shauna. out of here. Like, it doesn't imply, like, she doesn't tell Shauna. Like, I, you know, again, as a woman, I certainly have the compulsion to self-isolate and, and shut down of my course. problems. Of course. Like, we're supposed to. You got to get out of there, girl. That that lady's too damn tall. Don't stay. Too tall. This woman could dunk with both feet on the ground. That's how tall she is. Does that make sense? Yes. We're not just saying, like, oh, she's six feet tall. She's seven feet tall. No, no. This is a, like, 12-foot woman. I don't like that. But what if she could dunk? I would like that. Well, I mean, like, get her on the Harlem Globetrotters already. But, like... (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) Yeah, there is something about where it's like, why are you so tall? Why are you so tall? Why are you so goddamn tall all of a sudden? Too tall. 
Did you know that women make up 56% of law students? That's grounds for bragging rights at the dinner table for your conservative uncle who still thinks women belong in the kitchen. It's clear that the future of the legal field is female. So why are so many legal podcasts and reviews authored by men? Hi, I'm Leah Littman. I'm Kate Shaw. And with Melissa Murray, we are the hosts of Strict Scrutiny. Each week, we break down the latest headlines and biggest legal questions facing our country through the lens of diverse voices to give you expert views you won't hear anywhere else. Strict Scrutiny is your guide to the Supreme Court. New episodes drop every Monday, plus bonuses whenever the Supreme Court takes away another one of our rights. Make sure to subscribe to Strict Scrutiny wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Erin Ryan, a writer and host of the podcast Hysteria. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff and also a host of Hysteria. And this week, we were asked to talk about Women's History Month. And on behalf of women everywhere, okay, fine. Our show Hysteria is about the way news and culture impacts women in America every week of the year. From the latest on reproductive rights to the ways pop culture handles women's stories. And not just because it's March, okay? We exist the other 11 months of the year, too. What? Don't. (laughs) Uh, You heard it here first. Don't even get us started on our exclusive YouTube series, This Fucking Guy, where we try to figure out how the worst people in America got to be so awful. So if you're looking for a pod that's by the ladies and for everyone, make sure to subscribe to Hysteria wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so Elle, of course, runs back to her room and calls Aiden and still doesn't fucking tell him, Allison. Why? That's, I don't that's know. a big problem. But also, clearly, things are starting to work because she's sort of she's looking herself in the full, uh, like a full length mirror, and is kind of sticking her belly out, rubbing it, yeah. you know, sort of imagining being pregnant, and is kind of getting worked up talking to her husband. She's like, "Why do you, why do you tell me what you'd do to me if you were here right now?" And starts masturbating. Mm-hmm. So again, like she's sort of like, "All right, the idea of my husband, like, you know, breeding me, if you will, like, it's, it's starting to do something for me." Okay, and, and yeah. we're taking that as a good sign. Which is just a time because, ooh, Allison, it's tank time. Tank time. We see Dr. Simmons walk her into a large room with a pod. Uh, is a sensory deprivation tank. Mm-hmm. She explains it's going to relax your mind. We're going to have you watch a video, uh, sort of like walk you through what we're doing. Probably see You'll probably see some sort of, I don't know, insanely tall woman if I had to guess. And Ella's really trepidatious about it but climbs in. And she starts to watch, and she sees, like, flowers blooming, and we hear uh, Dr. Simmons sort of an incantation that repeats throughout the, the movie. She says, Today we'll be learning to perform maintenance on a working clock. We will take the clock apart, reassemble it, and then put it in beat so that it will run reliably. And describing fixing a literal clock as a way to sort of walk Ella emotionally through it. Okay. Unfortunately, we see, you know, we see flowers blooming. Uh, unfortunately, we also, we also see um, images of a child, a baby being born. So I think this idea that we're sort of like ex- exposure therapy where you're going to watch a birth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as she mm-hmm. watches, it's not a normal birth, Allison. Things start to go a little crazy, you know? And, and it's like, oh, is this what I'm seeing real? Is this in the video or whatever? To the point where she sees herself standing a baby dang in a hospital gown, a baby dangling between her legs, swinging back and forth like a metronome mm. until Dr. Simmons comes over and cuts the cord. 
like a swinging from side to side like a grandfather clock. Yeah, 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 obviously. yeah, 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 yeah. And she yeah. screams for Dr. Simmons and to be let out, and the lids, the tank lid pops open, revealing the person standing there is a very, very tall woman. How is she clopping around? I mean, how did she not know she was there? I'm starting to think maybe she's not quite. Th- she's never really oh. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or, or the okay. way in which she is there is not the it's same way. A little other ephemeral. Are there. Yes. <laughs> but again, she's wearing sort of like a black uh, kerchief around her head and a black shroud, and we hear her growling. No. Ella, reasonably enough, screams and hauls herself out of the tank. But as she tries to scramble away, she falls and hits her head against the table where she put a robe, knocks herself out. Oh my god. She comes to, she's in Dr. Simmons' office in a robe who reassures her, you're okay, you just freaked out. That does happen, but you watched almost all that birthing video. And I was like, who the fuck was that giant woman who came in at the end? Yeah. And Dr. Simmons says, oh, that was Annika, the woman who checked you in. And I was like, it was not um, Annika. It was I a very... If, I would if, know, yeah. I would know if the woman who checked me in was like 12 feet tall. I think I would clock that. 12 feet tall, dressed all black, growling. Growling. She doesn't really fit the vibe of the Institute. I would have noticed. (laughs) But when Dr. Simmons shows shows her the uh, security footage, we see that it is Annika. It's not some sort of gigantic, menacing lady. Sure. Ella, meanwhile, says, fuck this. The the therapy is not working. I want to leave. And Dr. Simmons says, this is all voluntary. But if you want to be honest, let's be honest, it works. The therapy's here to fix your fears and the hormones fix your desire. Okay? Like, this is working. You were able to watch that. You are making progress. But if you're distraught, you're allowed to leave. But that's not exactly true because Annika comes in and says, the paramedics are here. And Dr. Simmons tells Ella, if you go, you can't come back. Company policy. So it might be like, oh, you could leave or whatever. But it is holding (sighs) the threat of the success of this over her head. Right? Yes. However, it's time for the implant, Allison, mm. which means it's almost time for her to go home. And the nurse hands her a Valium, but when Elle looks in the cup, it's a dead spider. So she okay. kind of puts it aside and says, I don't need this. The nurse says, you're probably going to want to take that. I, I have to. It's, it seems like it's similar to getting an IUD, IUD yeah. inserted. Like, it's it's not going to be, like, surgery level, but it's going to be unpleasant. It's be very painful. Yeah, so you might want to take something. And Elle says, no, Dr. Simmons says that it will be really quick. Allison, she sits up in horrific pain, obviously, as the nurse inserts it. As she goes to leave, Dr. Simmons gives her pills to take twice a day, said, I'll call you weekly to follow up, and no intercourse for three weeks. And I was like, they see, she and her husband seem to be fucking pretty regularly. Yeah. Wouldn't be noticeable. Like, yeah, like she's gone for 10 days, and then it's three more weeks, so it would be a month. Her husband knows she's going through something. Won't her husband be like, Girl, you like? Are you getting? Or like, are you upset? Like, what's happening? You know, he's gonna he's gonna eventually figure it out. So, anywho, as she drives home from the institute, we see the very tall woman appear in the road, and Ella closes her eyes and says, "She's not real. She's not real." And when she opens them, the very tall woman, classically, is standing, staring in her or crouching, staring in her driver's side window, mouth unhinged, Mm -hmm. screaming. It's in the trailer. It's truly chilling. I hated it so much. Ella, of course, slams on the gas, speeds away, only for us to see in her rear view that the person who outside was out her window is just some guy who was broken down, like he needed help. But her brain interpreted as... Fear, yeah, yeah. as this big, tall lady. 
and she's overcome with nausea as she drives, and she pulls over near the sign for a, uh, it says Kingsman's Cove, and she runs and vomits off a cliff into the sea. Oh, that sounds like a fun way to throw up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classiest way to throw up I've ever seen. Back at home, as soon as she walks in, her dog starts barking at her like she's a stranger. And she looks, and there's a very vivid painting in their entryway. And the colors became become really muted and then vivid again. Mm-hmm. And she startles, but she doesn't really know what to do about it. And Aiden comes over and notices she's really clammy and weird. She's like, I haven't eaten. It's probably just my low blood sugar. As Ella starts cooking, again, we see Dr. We hear Dr. Simmons monologue about performing maintenance on a clock. Again, she her clock is being fixed. We see Ella put, I'm gonna say 12 eggs into a pan. And okay. then we just see her eating the raw yolks out of the white translucent slime of the pan. Ew. Yeah, raw that, egg that, consumption. That was like, and I'm I like a runny yolk. Like oh, sure. I like a soft, but like I I am not a but like. When you're talking real raw, like when, yeah. you know, in like Rocky, you know, all the, I'm just like, yuck. Yeah, with the slime of it all. The slime. It's the slime. Yeah. That night they get into a bed. Of course, Aiden's like, well, well, well. All right, let's get down to home. it, you know. Um, it, she, he reaches into her pajama, pajama bottoms and she grabs his hand and says, um, I'm actually really exhausted. And he's like, okay, sure, no problem. Yeah. And she starts overheating and goes to get water and it's sort of like, like sweating in front of the fridge. Why not tell him then? I'm like, there's so many moments where it's like, just say it. You know, like... Just say it. You're seeing a very tall lady who's very scary. Just tell your husband about it. You gotta tell him. You gotta tell him. There's dead spiders everywhere. He should know. He should know. But she sees that there's a carton of frozen eggs in the freezer, which I I had... I was like, why were they there? I don't know. And she takes one and she unpeels it and runs it over her face. Which does sound kind of nice and refreshing. Yeah, kind of like a snail serum frozen, uh, like an ice roller. And then she takes the frozen yolk and she starts licking it and eating it. Time for a birthday party. She's now 38, the oldest any woman has ever been, including us. Yes. And we see Aiden as well as Shauna and her, Shauna's wife Fiona have made like a beautiful chocolate cake. And they're just serving it in um, Aiden and Ella's home. And Shauna says, I know you're so busy with that big resort project, but can you still do my nursery? And Ella says, oh, yeah, I'll probably be pl- have plenty of time to do that because I'm yeah, not, not doing that anymore. But she says, I'll be honest, in Jewish superstition, you don't you don't set the nursery until, like, the last second. Yeah. And uh, Aiden says, well, what, what, where is this coming from? Like, you don't, you're not someone who cares about superstition. And Ella says, yeah, well, if you set it up too early, the universe will know you're happy and it doesn't like that. And everyone else was like, girl, you're being a bummer. Okay. And she says, but of course, I don't believe in any of that. So, Shauna, I will come over tomorrow and I will start doing the nursery. And Shauna is thrilled. And shockingly to everyone, she asked, she then asked Shauna, can I feel your stomach? And not only does she touch her belly, she puts her head on Shauna's stomach and starts humming a lullaby. Which Aiden is like, girl, what? Where is this coming from? It's a weird thing to do at a party. And she sort of enters a trance uh, until Aiden laughs nervously. And when she opens her eyes, she sees a giant tarantula perched on Shauna's abdomen. And she tells Shauna, don't okay. move. And then reaches to pick up a gigantic heavy art book and swings it and is about to bring it down on the Whoa. spider on Shauna's stomach. Luckily, Aiden stands up and sort of grabs her and she snaps out of it. 
And of course, there's no spider there. And she was just about to smash her friend's pregnant belly. Oh, God. Ah. And somehow Shauna's still down to have her start the nursery tomorrow, even though everyone's like, is she okay? Is and she okay? And he's like, no. oh, she's overworking. You know, like the most like, yeah, rote uh, explanations for it. You know, oh, you know, she's tired, you know. Meanwhile, back at the paint store, she seems to be losing more and more color. And she mm-hmm. asks the guy, like, why did you move the blue paint? He's like, you're standing in front of the blue paint. It, it sort of goes gray and then occasionally flares into color. Yeah. But that's hard for her career. If you can't see color, I imagine that's it's a design, design baby. Yeah. She's staying there. She gets a call from Dr. Simons. It's a week out. So she's been home for a week. And she says, are you having any side effects? Of course she is. She's seeing a tall woman and otherwise losing her fucking mind. And you know? Nonstop spiders. Um, however, if she's having side effects, Dr. Simons says, basically she'll have to be taking off the meds and won't get to finish the trial. And Ella is starting to feel the desire for a baby. So she just says, um, yeah, like I get really hot sometimes. And Dr. Simmons says, that's totally normal. Actually, the best way to, solu- to uh, best solution for that is let's up your dosage to the maximum dosage possible and just really hit you with it. And we'll follow, I'll follow up with you next week. So she puts her on a higher dosage of this no. hormone that she's no. on. Um, meanwhile, she goes over to Sean and starts to put together the nursery and Every, like we said, going to Home Depot, every in her hands, every tool becomes like a speculum, becomes a swab. They all become gynecological implements as she touches them. And at one point, she's just writhing on the ground and has spilled her pills on the floor. And Shauna tries to open the door, but Ella shoves the door, ha- oh, oh, close with her hand, says, I don't want you to see it till it's done. And, and Shauna says, well, you want to go take a walk? Uh, you know, you've been in there all day and I really want to stretch my legs. So she leaves the nursery, which we don't really see, mm-hmm. leaves the nursery okay. and unfortunately also leaves her pills on the ground. <gasps> oh no. As she and Aiden go to her dad's place, presumably they have dinner there like every Sunday or something. She gets another call from Dr. Simmons. It's two week check-in, right? And the dad tells them about the new medication he's on, but she can barely hear him over the tick of the grandfather clock. It's incredibly loud. And the dad's showing them, like, oh, his photo album, it's Ella as a baby, his wife with Ella, him, his uh, bar mitzvah photo. And underneath the bar mitzvah photo, he pulls out a photo of the very tall woman. And Ella says, who the fuck is that? Who's the tall lady? And he says, it's your grandmother. Of course, you don't recognize her. She's only 80 pounds here, and she just got out of the camps. Now, of course, the person we're seeing is 12 feet tall, but I think we're going to think we are seeing the gigantic, monstrous version of her grandmother Okay. At her most, at, at, at her most visually startling, right? Yes. And she says, "I don't want to fucking look at that photo. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear her story again." And her dad says, "You could try, but that story is in you. Like you can avoid it, but it's still it's part of you." And she says, "That's quite an inheritance." And her dad fucking flies out the handle and says, "Like when someone gives you an inheritance, you could either treasure it or you could piss it away." Allison, he starts tearing up their family photos. And of course, there's no no copies of them. Right. And saying, piss it away, piss it away. He says, our whole lineage from the fish that crawled out on a fucking land until now, and you're just going to piss it away. That's not really how any of this works. Not how this works at all. And the thing is, if we could all agree, learn from it, we're all in this together. But you know what I mean? Yeah. He's extremely distraught. And then he tears up the photo of her grandmother. Uh And he reaches and he goes to tear up a photo of her when she was a kid with with him. And she tries to stop him and he tears it in two. Aiden is trying to stop them too and is just horrified. It's like, again, 
What do you even do? No wonder this woman is struggling with the idea of having a kid. Like, yeah. this kid, this is probably not the first time he's done this, right? No. They leave, and that night she takes another frozen egg out of the freezer and sort of, like, plays with the yolk. And she realizes, Allison, that she left her pills at Shauna's nursery, which means she missed her nightly dose. And Dr. Simmons says, you really cannot miss a dose. It stops working, right? So she speeds over. It's the middle of the—it it basically is, like, 2 a.m. It's 2 or 3 a.m. Like, so it's the middle of the fucking night— Pounds on the door, Fiona opens. It's like, what the hell? And she says, I love my medication in the nursery. She runs in only for Shauna to follow her into the nursery and see what she's done inside. Allison, it's a fucking horror show. Of course there, it is. There are spiders painted on the wall. The crib is smashed and like rammed into the wall, which are painted <laughs> with like barren trees and broken branches. And Shauna's <gasps> like, my baby's due next week. What the fuck did you what do in fuck? here? <laughs> And she's like, I'm sorry, I, I would, I, you know, I didn't, I, and she's like, where did you go? Like, did you actually not go, like, did you not go to the resort? Like, did you go somewhere? Because you're acting totally different. And she says, I, I was going to a place to catch up. I just need to catch up. I, you know, I'll have a baby too, and then we can have kids, and we can all raise them together, and I'll have be caught up. Mm-hmm. And she says, don't you see, it's just harder for me. And Shauna, the lesbian, is like, don't you fucking say it's harder for you. I will never get to have a child with the person I love. And then she says, all you have to do is spread your legs. Mm-hmm. Which again, I, as, a, as a lesbian, I would never say that to my straight friend. That's just, not. you know, it is more complicated for all it's of mean. us. Yes. But unfortunately, they're probably not going to uh, reform their uh, friendship because uh, Allison, like Shauna's water breaks <gasps> and Ella basically dives in head first and starts scooping her hands up into the fluid off Ugh. the tarp on the floor. I thought she was going to fucking eat it and I, I mean, was going to vomit. I mean, that's really where I thought you were going. But instead, she starts rubbing it all over her face. And she starts pulling up Shauna's I'm nightgown. I'm sure Gwyneth Paltrow has thought of that. Oh, I'm mean, she, 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 that's probably why she had children. And I also, Diana um, Agron looks great, so it's yeah. working. And she starts pulling up Shauna's nightgown and says, I just want to see it. I just want to see the baby. Allison, at this point, I got to ask you, who will survive this movie? Who will survive? Well, I guess we know not— We. Because it was Ella at the beginning, right? No. It was oh, a different it woman. It was just another woman with the... Okay. Because that's what I thought, too. I'm like, oh, we're seeing the beginning of it. No, this is a totally different woman, oh. presumably who had also been in the trial. Okay. I'm going to guess that Ella survives. Uh, Shauna dies. Baby lives. Um, husband... Survives and maybe grandpa dies. Okay, great. Hi, I'm Erin Ryan, a writer and host of the podcast Hysteria. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff and also a host of Hysteria. And this week, we were asked to talk about Women's History Month. And on behalf of women everywhere, okay, fine. Our show Hysteria is about the way news and culture impacts women in America every week of the year. From the latest on reproductive rights to the ways pop culture handles women's stories. And not just because it's March, okay? We exist the other 11 months of the year, too. What? Don't. (laughs) Uh, You heard it here first. Don't even get us started on our exclusive YouTube series, This Fucking Guy, where we try to figure out how the worst people in America got to be so awful. So if you're looking for a pod that's by the ladies and for everyone, make sure to subscribe to Hysteria wherever you get your podcasts. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. 
The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. So hearing, hearing her wife scream, Fiona runs in and is able to drag um, Ella out of the house and throw her on the lawn. So I, I think at this point we're supposed to think it's about Dawn, right? So Ella's phone rings. It's her father. And he tells her, I've fallen and I need mm-hmm. help. So she rushes over. She calls Aiden, but Aiden's already getting, he's in an early morning surgery. So he's like already out of the house. Yeah. Also, I just want to say, while I was watching this on Hulu, I have, I don't pay for, I, I get ads. Mm-hmm. And it was all ads specifically for HIMSS, which is like a yeah, yeah, a telehealth medication delivery, delivery yeah, yeah. thing. And it was all for Viagra. And I was like, Wow. How interesting that you think that the person watching this, knowing what you know is about in my the market for viewing this habits, service. <laughs> yeah, the last two things I watched on Hulu were Younger and the Sex of the, and Sex of the City. So I don't know, but it's all about <laughs> Viagra. It's like, well, that's the counterpoint to this. Is like, as a woman, you have to always be fertile. As a woman, and more broadly, anyone who could conceive, you're supposed to be fertile. If you're a man or somebody who has sperm, yeah. you're supposed to supposed be. To be able to impregnate someone yeah like you have to be like you have to be rock hard at all times at all times right um she gets to her dad's place he's still alive and he's he's talking to her and luckily it looks like he's gonna be okay but the ticking of that grandfather clock Mm -mm. and he's trying to talk to her but she can't hear anything and she runs over the clock and she screams can you shut the fuck up already and she throws the clock to the ground and as her dad screams for her to stop again is the only family heirloom to survive the holocaust she runs into the other room, takes a hammer, and just starts smashing the clock, dismantling it, destroying it. I mean, he ripped up all those photos. I got to say, I think that that's, like, big, kind of fair. <laughs> but also, it's like, don't you think? It's no. like, this is probably what was happening in this family. Like, it, yeah. you know, like, they don't really go into that. But I'm like, yeah, there's probably a lot of smashing and ripping up stuff. Smashing you know? and ripping. Back at home, Aiden arrives, and Ella's like, Dad fell, but he's okay. But I destroyed the clock, and he's so mad at me. And he's like, okay, hey, let's just take a seat. It's probably yeah. going to be okay. It seems like you're really yeah. going through something. And she says, you, would you go uh, check on him later? Yeah. And he's like, no, no problem. It seems like right now, like, your hands are all cut up from the glass, from the clock. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. And so he goes to help her at the um, sink. And while you know, he's watching, she sort of starts to come on him and says, I want you to give me a baby, Aiden. I'm ready. Now, to me, if I'm Aiden, I'm like, well, maybe not the week you seem to be having a complete mental fucking breakdown. Yeah, let's, like, push pause on this for a couple of weeks while you yeah, regroup. let's sort you out. But again, he does, you know, at least as of right now, you know, what does he know, what does he not know? And he says, you, and she, he says again, like, again, I, I don't want to just have sex with you every time. Like, to, every time we have this argument with your father, you then want to get pregnant. He's like, mm-hmm. I, we can't, I don't want to do it out of that space. But she says, no, I genuinely am ready. It's not about anyone else. It's about us. I want to have a kid. Meanwhile, it's like she's been back for two weeks and they haven't had sex. So even though it's like she's supposed to wait three weeks, but whatever, they're both ready to go. They start to fuck on the kitchen counter. Unfortunately, Allison, as soon as he enters her, Aiden Mm. screams and he pulls out and you see his dick. Oh, that's fun. And something sharp has sliced the tip of it and it's bleeding. 
obviously ah. the the, the L, uh, implement that was in, uh, inserted into her. Ella runs to the freezer and hands him not ice but a frozen egg. And he's like, what is the this? What am I supposed to do with this? She's like, oh, sorry. And he says, grab my duffel bag. I have like gauze in there. I can wrap it up. She goes to grab his bag, Allison, and when she goes to open it, embroidered on it is the same infinity symbol as the col- as the clinic had had. So she's like, why the fuck do you have this bag from the institute that I did tell you I was going to, but absolutely, clearly you already knew about it? And so he realizes he fucked up, and he says, don't be upset. He, he Also, he, he tries to play it off like it's just hospital swag, which I kind of buy because it's like, there probably are just that kind of stuff lying around. 100%. But she's not buying it. No. And Aiden tells her, don't be upset. I was just trying to help us. I met Dr. Simmons at a conference, and I thought she was a genius, and she had me send you to Dr. Weber. And she says, you told me you went to send me to Dr. Weber because you were worried about my about breast cancer. And he says, well, I was worried about that too, but also I just wanted the option to be presented by someone objective because like, our conversation around it is so fraught. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to pressure you, but I wanted this to be an option. Which I actually kind of bought. Like, I do think that yeah. that's like, that seems okay. He didn't know about the other stuff. He didn't know about the crazy tall lady. But right. clearly both of them, they have a problem with communicating and being it honest in the relationship. Way, for sure. Yeah. And she says, why aren't you a fucking hero? And she grabs his bleeding dick and squeezes until he collapses. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and she storms out and AD yells, where the hell are you going? She says, I'm going to go see the best of the best. And we see her throw her pills out the window of the car as she speeds away, of course, growing, going to the clinic. Yes. She gets to the clinic. She's also, like, incredibly, like, her hands are bleeding. She's wearing, like, a beige nightdress. Like, busts in there, and everyone's like, oh, no. And she starts inside screaming for Dr. Simmons and starts just, like, kicking open doors while Annika at the front desk is trying to call, like, security. Oh, my God. Finally gets to the cafeteria where all, all the other patients, and there's really only, like, 20 other patients, but they all are there because it's lunchtime. Yes. And Dr. Simmons is there, and she screams, you're going to take this implant out of me. And Dr. Simmons says, it cannot be removed. If I take it out, you can never have children. And Ella says, why do you think I care about that? And Dr. Simmons says, because my program worked. And Ella bursts into tears, Allison, because it's true. She does want children now. Right. But basically, she's now caught in this bind where I'm, you know, it's like I'm seeing things, I'm acting yes. erratic, but this, if I you remove it, I can't have children. And now, and now I, do. I want them because I went through all of this. And Dr. Simmons says, Why are you crying? It's like, bitch, you know why she's crying. I'm, who wouldn't be crying? But Ella replies, I think probably because I'm getting divorced, which I do think is true. It's like, yeah, that's probably. Uh, this is probably, this relationship is not long for this world. Yeah, no. But Dr. Simmons says, hey, don't worry. You don't need a husband to have a kid. You just need sperm. Let's go to my office. We'll talk about it. But as she walks Ella out, Ella sees a, another woman sitting there who's petting an imaginary baby in her arms. And Ella's face collapses, and she's like, oh, none of this is real. She says, you aren't fixing it, fixing us or unlocking us. You're reprogramming us. Yeah. You know, and none of us are telling you about the side effects because we're so desperate to seem like normal women and to be normal. And she's like, that's the thing. The tall woman, the spiders, me wanting at children, it's all the same delusion. I don't actually want children. You've forced me into a form of psychosis to make me think that I want children. And Dr. (sighs) Simmons says, no, reproduction is the most natural thing in the world. And Ella screams, I was natural. That was, how, that was how I naturally am. Take it out. And Dr. Simmons says, no. So Ella says, all right, then. I'll take it out myself. <sighs> Allison, because she's a designer, she goes into her bag and pulls out a pair of pliers. 
and she goes to reach up inside herself, only oh to have God. her arm grabbed by, you guessed it, the very tall woman. Very tall woman's going to intervene here. And the very tall woman is speaking German because she is this, is, again, yeah. monstrous avatar of her grandmother who survived the Holocaust. <laughs> and she has to grab a tray and smashes it into the tall woman's head. What? And when the tall woman hits the ground, she's Dr. Simmons again. So again, she's right. having this hallucination. And as the other patients and Dr. Simmons look on horror, she reaches up into her vagina and tears out the device with the pliers. Mm-mm. And as soon as she does, all the muted colors of the place suddenly come to life. And she can actually see what the colors actually are. Like her, like we, yeah. she was wearing like a beige nightgown. It's suddenly dark blue. Like all, the red of her own blood is so much more intense. Like yes. she is back on, yeah. back on line. Um, Annika, meanwhile, has called the police because That's of all well, this. You know what, Annika? Not wrong. Yeah. And Ella is able to make a run to it, to her car, but then the police are following her. And she pulls over that same Kingsman Cove. Right then, she gets a phone call, and she assumes, of course, it's Dr. Simmons says, don't you ever fucking call me again! But it's Aiden. And she says, he says, I went to your father's, and I saw what you did. And we see, we flash back to her conversation with her father, mm-hmm. and he apologizes to her, and he says, you know, I, I, when I fell, I thought for a second I was dying, and I saw the whole family, you know, all the way back to that first fish who crawled out of the ocean, I saw all of it, and they, they I'm going to cry. Like, they showed me the truth, which they you have to have your own story. Oh, sorry. I was oh. like, I am not going to cry over this fucking stupid movie, but no, I absolutely but I mean, am. That is, is a lot. <laughs> I thought it was, I was like, it's a good. lot. Unfortunately, yes. and it's like, you know, like, you have to, like, live your life. Allison, unfortunately, she is um, hallucinating such loud ticking from the grandfather clock. She cannot hear his apology. She can't hear him, like, coming to an understanding of her as her oh. child. And it, it, she, he's kind of, like, breaking it out. And she's like, I can't do it. I already gave it up. I already gave up my own life. Don't you get it? Like, I did it. I'm doing it what you want me to. Allison, unfortunately, when she thought she had tipped over the grandfather clock and br- busted up the clock, she, in fact busted up her own father and literally tore him fucking apart. And we see her smashing him with the hammer and then literally tearing out his intestines, pulling out his organs, (gasps) again, pulling out the mechanism of clock and pulling out his inner workings. In her car, she drops her phone and she gets out and the cops rush over the handcuff her and they're leading her back to the cop car when she turns, runs to the cliff and leaps off. Allison, she wakes up, and we know it's not really her waking up because she doesn't have handcuffs anymore. But she wakes up, and she did, presumably. Mm. And as she looks, she sees a fish with legs crawl up out of the water, her (laughs) ancestor. And I'm assuming the ancestor is greeting her into the afterlife? I guess. Needless to say, this device is not going to market. The end. Wow. Wait, what was what you thought? What was the twist that's not connected to the plot that you? Oh, it was the dad. To? It was the dad being the clock. Oh, the I dad didn't being, see that yeah, coming. Yeah. 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 Oh no, not at all. I think I, that that's connected to the plot. <laughs> no, but it was. It wasn't like oh, it wasn't about the device or about like the for institute. Yes. Okay. It was yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. like her own hallucination. Yes. That makes like so. Okay. Yeah, it is yes. connected to the plot. It's just not like oh, it turns out the devil runs the institute or something. But I right, didn't right, explain right, right. that that super well. No, but, but uh, that makes sense to me now, and I see why you set it up that way for sure. Yeah, and obviously, not not all of our movies have to connect to the news, but I just kind of ha- want to have a conversation because I do feel like we are living in a time where um, 
on the right, there is this idea of reproduction for reproduction's sake mm-hmm. and sort of using all these different ideas. But then when it gets down to it, like they just want people to reproduce, even in situations where they're, the child is not viable. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in Florida, like all yeah. these fucking horrible stories keep coming out. There's a story recently of this woman who <sighs> knew her fetus didn't have kidneys. The Ki- yeah, fetus no was going to die as soon as the baby was born. And they made her do it anyways. This is yeah. a, I read a CNN article because Florida abortion laws, because of Florida abortion laws, she carried her baby to term knowing he would die. This was published on Wednesday, May 3rd, written by Elizabeth Cohen, Karma Hassan, and Amanda Musa. And it's just, again, all these stories. And it's like the doctors knew the baby would die. Yes. She knew. Right. And the religious right knew, knows this. Right. So it's like almost like reproduction without life or reproduction yeah. without an acknowledgement. Like it meant more to them that she give birth to a little tiny copy of herself. Right. Than the fact that, that even more so than the child would have survived because it wasn't going to. Right. It wasn't going to and there was no way that it would. And it's it's both a punishment to women. Um mm-hmm as most things are, but it's also falls under this like biological determinism that like women and like, I often mean cis women here when I like say, but like obviously anybody who has a uterus and the ability to reproduce, like, but like that, like, it's like, well, that is what you were put on this earth yes. for to not do that is going against, uh, I guess like God's wishes for like what you are. Mm-hmm. And it's a, an absolutely horrific view of women's role like yeah on and, this and planet. <laughs> it does not in any way acknowledge like this is the exact situation which keeps happening was like people who would are uh, uh would have loved to have a viable pregnancy didn't and then we're punishing them even though they are buying into the right. the program they are trying to reproduce but even those people even if again like you do you're straight you know this woman is cis like you're married like you're doing everything and even you must be punished Right. Is so fucking dark. And I will say, as someone raised Catholic, like, that is what you're taught about sex. Like, sex is entirely about the reproductive act. It's not yes. about pleasure. It's not about, like, connection or creativity or anything. Mm-hmm. To the point where not just abortion, but birth control is yeah. verboten. This is the end product of that insane view of sex. Is that yes. to give birth to a, a dying child is better to them than getting an abortion, even though the child wasn't going to live anyways. It's such a perverse um, prioritization of their concept of religion over reality. Right. It makes no sense. I will never, ever, ever be able to understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's fucked up. And it is something where it's like, I do think of it as like Judaism. It's like, it doesn't necessarily have these kinds of recriminatory no. ideas about sex. Or at least, no. again, maybe that's my fantasy of it. Like, as a Catholic, I it mean, just seems like there's a little more room, right? Yeah, there is. I mean, I, I, it's not nearly as strict or kind of punishing um, a, a belief system when it comes to sex and and having children. And just women, like, women are not treated the same in Judaism as they are in some other, like, Christian religions. Like, women are are seen as... Le- they're they're often leaders. They're often it mm-hmm. is yes. it is a little bit different in that way. But I mean, abortion is completely fine on, in a lot of cases under under religious Judaism. Like that is not yeah. it is not a religion that is against abortion. 
in most cases, in fact. And it's, it is like, I love, and, I, and there are a lot of Jewish organizations that work on this. The National Jewish Women's Council is fa- fabulous on this. Um, but like, it is a, like, it is, the laws against abortion are an infringement on my religious Absolutely. rights. Absolutely, 100%, yeah. And like, that's something, like, that is like a very interesting argument when like presented to the religious right that's trying to force their religion on the rest of the country. A hundred percent. I think it's like, oh, whenever we talk about this, I'm like, well, then eventually it'll go to the Supreme Court. Oh, God, the oh, Supreme God, Court. The Supreme like, unfortunately, Court. because you're absolutely right, it is about this, like, Christian idea of procreation. And I, we have already talked about this in the pod, and if, so I for, uh, forgive me, but um, Elon Musk did an interview with C- Tucker Carlson um, oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago and, and said some things, basically was sort of like, he, he has a concern that, like, birth control and abortion are— um, Basically, like, if birth control and abortion have uh, essentially subverted the reproductive project. And he, he he talked about the limbic instinct. Like, the only reason we have sex is to satisfy the limbic instinct, which, again, as anyone who has ever had sex, like, to, to distill it down into that. sort of, like, that level. Again, it's sort of like, again, like, we're going to have a robot write a movie. It's like, right. we're going to have a like a, a robot describes sex as if there's no art or pleasure or, or value to sex outside of. Right. It's just like input and output and like getting, you know, just relieving this thing to like do the, it's, it's such a bizarre. It's so grotesque. Yeah. And then he said like, basically if we don't make enough people, as Elon Musk said this, if we don't make enough people to at least sustain our numbers, perhaps increase a little bit, then civilization's going to crumble. Allison, populations, the population is increasing. But whose population isn't increasing? That's right, white people. White people. So when you hear this, this is a lie. There yeah. are more than enough people. They did the quote-unquote civilization. Say there are too many people. <laughs> like there, the idea. But like when you, when people hear this from someone that is supposed to be smart, smart. they think that this is true. It's like right. there. That's not going to happen. That's a completely fictitious idea. What he's talking yeah. about is white, and in this case specifically Christian, or like unfortunately there's like secular technological way to, the, to look yeah. at the world, libertarian. Wow, yeah. it just so happens. That's crazy. It looks exactly like what this white, white Christian, yeah. yeah, like white supremacist Christian Christian-ish idea. Fascist, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, wow, it's so funny that science enforces the same and same systems that these religions do, but you still can't see how punishing that is. And also, it's just not factually accurate. There's plenty right. of people. That's They're wrong. just brown and black, right? Yeah. And so, I don't know, it, it all just does seem like of a piece. And again, I, you know, I don't want to project my own, like, wow, Judaism probably has a much healthier version of this, but it does there's seem like of, that, you know. There's plenty of problems, that I do think that invoking the Holocaust is often something that is done, and, mm-hmm. and this, you know, I, I think that there is a huge impetus for people to, you know, marry other Jews and, like, mm-hmm. have children, because, like, a population that was so horrifically decimated in such a recent time. Um, but— the general Jewish relationship to sex and reproduction is somewhat healthier, I think, than some of the Christian and Catholic religions. Yeah, I feel like even having that room probably allows, like, that is a really hard decision, a really hard thing to put on people, like, oh, we have to make more Jewish people because of all the Jewish people we left. Right. But the fact that there is the other element, which is, like, you can get an abortion if something right. goes if something goes wrong or you don't, you're not ready. Like, to have both of those things together, there's at least a little bit more room. Understanding, yeah. Versus, like, you see, like, I don't know, like, the Duggars or, like, these, like, again, like, right. these uh Having a billion kids and being fucking child pornographers. 
Yeah, and as a woman in those religions, you are your your a role vessel. is to be a vessel, absolutely, and that's how they think of us. And um, unfortunately, uh, again, like uh, we're out here recording a podcast. You know, could a vessel do that? Huh? No. No. Okay. No, it could not. It couldn't. So case closed. Um, fuck you, live Oscar Tucker Carlson. Um, but yeah, uh, Austin. Um, well, while we're still at it, what are some fatal mistakes you think that somebody may have made in the movie Clock? <laughs> Mistakes. Okay, I'm going to put this one a little bit on Aiden for getting mm-hmm. all of— That was his name, Aiden? Aiden, yeah. Aiden. Uh, for, like, going behind her back to this— to get this doctor to refer her to this clinic. Like, if he hadn't done that, none of this would happen. A hundred percent. I guess not that not to give him like, oh, well, but there's something where it's like he did not know how bad it would be. But I Correct. guess he was willing to this was a new technology and he placed his faith in technology over the faith that he had in his wife's yeah. ability to decide what to do. You know, and like I got to believe that then he knew that she went and not to work. Right. That that was something that he assumed. I think so. Probably. I, I, and then I it's like she so. came back acting different. Like, why wouldn't you be like, okay, so I know that you are on hormones. Like, yes. let's make sure it's like he's a doctor. He should be like checking it. Like, I don't know. I just no, I, absolutely. I, yeah, I'm blaming him for a lot more than I think the movie even necessarily does. But there is something where it's like I, I unfortunately think straightness like does sort of require men and women to like keep things from each other and not mm-hmm. talk about these yes. hard things. Not that straight couples don't have these conversations, but like no, totally. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot. It's part like of the a, system. Yeah, and especially as a woman, you're kind of supposed to shut up about what you think, anyways. Yeah, and then especially when it comes to like anything regarding the body, you know, the idea like, oh, I'm gonna hide this and not show him. Yeah, very you sort of common. get it. Yeah. yeah. I totally see why a woman would feel compelled to do that, and and we shouldn't. We should be and grossing. That's the mistake. And we that's should be the telling mistake, men baby. what happens to our bodies. We should be grossing the fuck out of them and letting them know the reality of living with a uterus and yeah. uh, the horrors that come with it. And it's just like, if that was a more open conversation than the, in the world of this movie, like then it would probably be easier to broach the conversation of I'm feeling crazy. I'm taking the hormones. They make like right. That's those things are connected. Yeah, and 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 the idea that like if you have a medical problem or or any problem whatsoever, you should sort of handle it on your own. Very American, you know, yes, like just like maybe like suffer through it. No help. No, without help. Um, yeah, I, I think because um, again, like going to the institute wasn't a mistake. Wasn't a mistake in and of itself because she thought it was going to be helpful. Right. Um, once you start seeing the very tall lady, once you see the very tall, gaunt manifestation of your grandmother, you gotta yeah. tell somebody. That's, you know, you gotta just be t- talking to people. Yeah. And then, where would you place clock on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I think, like the themes being so relevant to both, like our current, just like the way our country is run, but also just, like, being a woman of this age and the pressures that come with it, no matter, like, how confident you are in your choice, um, is very, very scary. I'm going to mm-hmm. give this a seven. Okay, great. And um, the tall lady, really, I don't want, and spiders. I was like, these are all the things, if it was, like, ooh, a ghoul or, like, <laughs> a lobster, you know, you'd be like, okay. Um, yeah. But those are two very frightening things. Yeah, like you've seen spiders, you've seen a grandfather clock, and you've seen a very tall woman. Not as tall as this woman. No, no, no. She's extra tall. Yeah. But um What about yeah. you? Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to give this a four. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked, I thought the themes are really interesting. Again, I was not expecting this to be about a Jewish woman grappling with the legacy of the Holocaust. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, versus there, I feel like a lot of movies don't really um, bother to give, to ground their characters in any kind of culture or like identity. So that to me was interesting. I don't know if it was scary though, right? Okay, but I see I, that. I did enjoy it. And again, if you have Hulu, I think it's worth a watch. I, yeah. I thought the acting was good. Um, a, a perfectly enjoyable B movie. Um, but in terms of being particularly scary, I mean, really, I don't know, the stuff with the dad, when you find out that she tore her dad apart, yeah, that that's part's fucked, fucked up. up. When you see her pull the intestines no. out, yeah, that's that's a tough, that's a tough oh God, one. Riz just cover, as you told me that, Riz just did the, covers his eyes with his paws um, oh. on the couch. No, he gets um, it. But yeah, I'm gonna say four. I'm gonna say four. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, Another also, mommy movie on the books. Um, we did it, and we're going to do it again next week. Yes, we are. And um, to everyone listening, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Um, we we're, we would be doing this anyways, Into the Void, so it means a lot to us that you um, listen. And yes. um, if you're new, enjoy our back catalog, yeah. and um, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. And if you ha- are, have not subscribed, if you go on the Patreon, oh, baby, we got even more movies for you There's to listen to. There's even more movies there, all kinds of fun stuff, videos, so... Yeah. Whatever you're doing, we appreciate it. And Truly. we love you. We love you and, very much. Uh, keep it spooky. spooky, everybody. Don't forget to follow us at Ruin Podcast and Crooked Media for show updates. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a review. Ruined is a Radio Point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Livey. The show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Siegland, Julia Beach, Caroline Dunphy, and Awa Okolati. <laughs>